Hey guys, on today's pod, like normal, I had on Matthew Stocko. We discussed the Toronto Raptors' different positional rankings, as in we went through all five starters on the Toronto Raptors and decided where they ranked on their position. There's also a article format of this on RaptorsRapture.com, written by yourself truly, but I also wanted to get this on a podcast because I think it serves as a good discussion tool and can be really useful in that way. I thought today was another one where it wasn't perhaps the most informative pod that you'll have, but I think it was one of the most fun, so hope you guys enjoy. I'm doing very well, Mike. How about yourself? Not too bad. Uh, just watched. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, so today I just watched them get, you know, blow the game. So typical Browns fashion. <laughs> I saw your tweet, and uh, I think it was the third quarter there, uh, predicting the win, and then it didn't turn out that way. So that's a little unfortunate. Yeah, they hit a big win. Kicker missed two extra points and two field goals. So two extra points is you know, especially just pitiful. So, Is, is that kicker going to be able to walk the streets of Cleveland? Probably not. Well, I, I don't think it will be too much of an issue because I can't imagine that he's still on the roster come Tuesday. So, <laughs> It's true. It's true. The NFL is a little bit more vicious than the NBA if you make a mistake. Like like I remember when Siakam uh, let, uh, who, uh, let James Johnson or, or somebody drive down the baseline last season in a Miami Heat game in that last game of the season for 60 game, 60 wins. Was that it? Or I remember he had a big – Yeah, last big, game of the season. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so and people were pretty mad about that one too. So, Well, I guess let's start off with there was a tweet yesterday – from Shams, tweeted out that Jimmy Butler has been unhappy with his situation in Minnesota and that he is meeting with Tom Thibodeau, I believe, on Monday to discuss those things. And, of course, it's brought out everybody's Twitter and different ideas. The Raptors are one of the teams that could potentially make a move for Jimmy Butler. I guess not getting carried away with ourselves, I still think it's very likely that he's not dealt. What are your kind of thoughts on a Jimmy Butler idea of a trade? I, I think Shams is actually working for The Athletic yeah, now. That's yeah. right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, The Athletic yeah. in their attempt to get every writer. So. <laughs> no, it's just you said Yahoo Sports. So I was just yeah, his own yeah. employer. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no worries. Um, in, terms of, in terms of Jimmy Butler, I... It's it's tough because it's early and and you know he does have such a a good relationship with Tom Thibodeau that it would be it would be hard to imagine a situation where Tom Thibodeau isn't can't talk him into the season. Uh, you know I think Tom Thibodeau has actually been uh, from a coaching perspective a little bit disappointing with the roster that he does have because I thought that when Minnesota made that move 
for Jimmy Butler initially. I thought that that was a great move and a great missing piece to uh, surround them with. And, uh, you know, to hear that so many players are unhappy, Andrew Wiggins being another one uh, at times where we've heard that he's been unhappy as well. You know, it, you know, it, it kind of makes me wonder why ownership has still has so much trust in, in Tom Thibodeau and, and, and gave him so much control and power over the uh, over the team. Uh, so I can understand where Jimmy Butler is coming from in in terms of his unhappiness. Uh, again, it's early, so we so we don't know if we're going to have another Kawhi Leonard situation on our hands. Um, I think I think, though, Minnesota might learn from the Kawhi Leonard situation a little bit. And if Jimmy Butler is completely unhappy, they might try to deal him. I think that if um, the, of the two possible scenarios, Jimmy Butler, you know, Tom Thibodeau grow a little bit, maybe, you know, Joakim Noah comes back and they have a little bit of a reunion and he stays and plays out the season, then okay. But I could also see it happening where he does decide that he's unhappy, says he isn't going to play or, not play up to his full potential because he knows someone's going to sign him for big money anyway next season. And, 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 and then it would be all in. And I think a lot of teams would actually be quite interested in Jimmy Butler. Uh, you could see, uh, I could even potentially see the Lakers making a move and I'm pretty sure he would be on the short list as well um, over there. But if the Raptors were to get him, I think that if the price is correct for Jimmy Butler, um, you know, and, and and is it a situation where you even include someone like a Kyle Lowry if if the Minnesota Timberwolves were interested? I know his I know his contract is really high, so it makes his trade value less. But I would I would definitely want to see that move because again, it goes back to making Kawhi Leonard happy, right? Can the Raptors convince Kawhi that they can build a true winner around him? And if there was a situation where they could get Jimmy Butler, but again keep their core intact and the nice thing about if any sort of jimmy butler trade were to happen we'd have some sort of uh data set to compare that to with how the team is doing throughout the year which players are performing and potentially potentially get jimmy butler to make that true run uh that would be very exciting and i definitely think if we were able to get jimmy butler and keep our core pieces intact for the most part then we would definitely be better than the celtics i think I see a lot of people on Twitter talking about kind of the proposals and they say, you know, as long as Pascal or OG's not in the deal. And to me, that's unrealistic. Jimmy Butler's a top 15 player in this league at the very worst. And I like OG and Anobi as much as anyone, but you're talking about a rookie who averaged less than seven points per game last year. And you're talking about a top 15 player in the league. I'm sorry if that's the price. I think that's the price you have to pay because not only does it help you with Jimmy Butler, who is, like I said, a really great player by himself, but it also, I think if you get Jimmy Butler, you can bring him and Kawhi back and it increases your chances of re-signing Kawhi because you are the best team in the East, like you said. Yeah, and, and you know, that is a bold statement saying that you would that you would give up OG. It, 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 it is tough, and I think with uh, – and, and, you know, I can see the arguments for both sides. I certainly see your argument as well. And, uh, you know, the Raptors, the Raptors are in one of those very interesting situations that I think teams try to avoid. But I think if it works, teams teams become winners is that is that you kind of really have to put it all on the line in a season or two um, 
if you realize that you don't have that generational superstar like uh, like like a lot of teams don't have. So now that the Raptors do have one, I do think that you know convincing Kawhi and and doing all that sort of stuff would be really interesting. And um, and uh, I definitely would would want to make the move. And and uh, I think if I had to choose between OG or Siakam, I. Th- Thing, I, 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 actually, I know. I think I would choose Siakam over OG. Wow. See, I, I'm the other way. I just, I'm not as confident that OG, or I'm sorry, that Pascal finds his jumper. But like either one to me, I think it's worth. Like, say that Timber, the Timberwolves come and they say it's Ibaka, OG, and Delon for Jimmy Butler straight up. Then I make the deal tomorrow, and I think you. Go into the you go into the season with two top fifteen players and probably a top twenty five player in Kyle Lowry, and you see what happens. And hopefully you can resign them both. And even if you can't, you still have some things past that time. But mostly, I think you can resign both those guys. And I think that you still have young talent. If you're giving up, say you gave up those two, you would still have Pascal and Fred VanVleet. And you know, it's not like the cupboard's totally bare. Yeah, no, fair enough, and I can and I can see that too. I just, you know, you know, I really want to see Siakam in action uh, this season to see how much he's changed up his game. Because I and don't get me wrong, I love Pascal Siakam. It's just the way his jumper, the way it is, the way the, you know we've talked about it before, his form and all that sort of stuff. Kind of, kind of doesn't convince me that it can like like that he can get it up to where it needs to be to to have that longevity i hope it does because if it does then siakam's uh then you know i think we're on the same side here actually so you would rather trade pascal than og yeah yeah Yeah. so me i'm i'm with you there i'm sorry i thought we were on the same thing um i i would trade either of them i guess would be my point would be if that's what it takes to get the deal done to get a top 15 player i'm willing to trade either not no, okay. both, but either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, definitely not both. Um, I think uh, I think what you proposed there would be w- would be a fair trade. Um, Ibaka for obviously to kind of closer match the salary, Delon and uh, and uh, 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 Pascal or OG. I think um, do you, would it, it, it's tough because because of because of Lowry and and his salary. But would you? Would you rather see Lowry than Ibaka? I think I think everybody would say no, but just for argument's sake. No, yeah, I'd, I'd rather trade Ibaka. You have to give more away with Ibaka is a thing. Yeah. Obviously. But yeah. We're getting off track. This isn't what I wanted to do this pod. Um, I thought it was a good combo, but let's go ahead and get into the main portion of our thing before we get mm-hmm. this thing to 30 minutes before we start talking about <laughs> the main point. So Hoops have released a ranking of all – all five positions in the top, the starters ranked one through 30 at all of them. I did a piece, and yes, we're going over my own piece because that's how vain I am, of where the players rank and whether I agreed. I wanted to kind of have a discussion about it because I think the article version was interesting, but it's also good to kind of talk it out. So mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and go through, and I'll name you the player, game them their position on the list, Kind of a, a couple players ahead of them, a couple behind them, and you tell me what you think. Okay. So, Kyle Lowry was ranked as the number seventh point guard on the Hoops Habit list. At number 10 is Mike Conley. 
Number nine is Kemba Walker. Number eight, John Wall. And then immediately above him on the list is Ben Simmons at six, Damian Lillard five, and Kyrie Irving four. First, is there anyone on that list that you think kind of jumps out to you as, wow, this guy doesn't belong? To be honest with you, the one that immediately jumps out to me is actually Ben Simmons. Um, And the reason why is just is because I think Ben Simmons is great, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he'll always be a point guard. Um, uh, Firstly, I think he'll if you know, if he can better develop that jump shot, then he's probably fits more as a three or a two to the for for me anyway. But I think that um, I think that the the ranking is pretty much fair Uh, for me. Someone like John Wall, uh, I think uh, you, you know. I think his positioning is definitely right on that list because he just, while he has so much natural skill and is and is very fast, he, he he never really puts he never really fully puts it together. Sometimes in his team game, especially for a point guard in the modern NBA, can be a little weak at times. Uh, Kyrie Kyrie Irving, I would place above uh, uh, Kyle Lowry, especially at this point in his career. Be, so- and, 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 Oh, so uh, I think let's kind of get this out of the way. I, okay. I think we can both agree Kyrie Irving and Damian Lillard are ahead of Kyle Lowry. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so kind of I think the question then becomes moves into Ben Simmons versus Kyle Lowry. If you were going next season, who would you take? And obviously, I, this is you know different teams have different needs, so it's obviously a totally different question depending on who's on your team, but just, I guess, in general, 30 teams, who do you think is more valuable if you are doing it for one season? Oh, for one season. Um, I would say I would say Kyle Lowry, and the reason why is because my criteria is who's going to be closer to getting us that championship now, and I think that is Lowry just because I feel that Simmons – just hasn't been in the league long enough. Um, obviously, over the long run, if I was building a team, then of course I would want Simmons over Lowry. That's that, that that's hundred percent. But that's not really the question. If I'm going all in for one season to build a champion, I would I would go with Kyle Lowry. And I think it's the intangibles and the small things that he does. He's a he's a better shot, so he can spread the floor better. He uh, he he's become a willing passer, and uh, I think he's a an above average defender for a point guard. So if I'm going all in one season this season, then I'm going to choose Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I think this was so I I rank Simmons ahead of Lowry, but I this was the one I had the most trouble with between the almost I think the entire list because I think Ben Simmons he does so many more things than Lowry as far as, you know, he almost averaged and I'm not a triple double guy, but he averaged nearly a triple-double in his first season in the league. If you kind of project that forward, it's very, very possible he could average one next season. He is in the running for an all-NBA defense team this year. And being six foot ten, he obviously has just – I mean, Kyle Lowry's a good defender, but he can do so many more things for you defensively. But at the same time, like you talked about, the floor spacing just makes Lowry so much more malleable to other players. And I think if you have Ben Simmons, you kind of have to set you, set up your team around him, don't you think? Oh, I yeah, 100% agree because you know how sometimes play, uh, teams will have to hide players on defense. Uh, you know, Ben Simmons is a 
is a fantastic talent, but that his limiting jump shot, I think sometimes you have to hide him on offense a little bit. And uh, he's definitely going to improve over time. And I think in a few years, uh, his shot won't be a problem. And then that's when he's like all NBA first team because he has everything else that he needs. And, and I'm actually a huge Ben Simmons fan, but I just think for now, um, because, yeah, because of that, like you kind of have to, like you said, build that team around him to, to, to offset his, his glaring weakness, really. Yeah, and it's and it's just that one deficiency, but it's such an important deficiency. And he's not as great a finisher around the rim as you actually would think. Mm-hmm. So you, when you have someone like Giannis, he's not a good jump shooter, but he's so great around the rim. For Ben Simmons, his percentages around the rim are a little more pedestrian than you would think, and obviously, time will help that out. But if we're just talking for next season, he's he's not as great a scorer. He's a he's a better passer than Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's a very good passer, but Ben Simmons has some of those kind of throw-you-open passes where you don't know how he kind of got it off. And I think Lowry's a very good passer, but I don't think he's, you know, one of... Like, I think Ben Simmons could be one of the top three, four passers in the league. I just don't think Lowry has that in him. No, I I, I don't either. And I think, and, 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 you know, a part of that reason why he's going to be such a great passer is part of the reason why Magic Johnson was such a great passer is that he just so has big. that... Comp- yeah, right, yeah, so big. Um and I think, you know, a good comparison with Giannis, too, is that Giannis is able to make up for his jump shot just a little bit more because he has that strength factor that uh, Simmons just doesn't have yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Good, that's a good point. The other yeah. guy I think I struggle to rank on this list is John Wall, because like you talked about, he just, last year he was not very good. But a lot of people think, it, like, it wasn't very long ago, it was just two seasons, John Wall was getting MVP votes, not first place MVP votes, but you know, was in the running there, and I thought he was kind of the second-best player in the East for a little bit, and he's had one bad season, and we kind of have almost overreacted, I think, to how he played, but at the same time, he played so poorly. I just think that Lowry is more consistent at this point. I'm actually very interested to see where the Washington Wizards end up this season because if they could really pull it together, then they would be a strong number four uh, team to talk about in the East. And, uh, and a huge piece of that is on John Wall. And uh, I don't know, I I don't know if the coaching is there to be able to, to, to perform that miracle, because I think that there's a lot of ego management, especially from John Wall on that team. But if they could get it together, yeah, then John Wall would definitely vault up that list because I think that he would be a big part of any sort of wizards run that would happen. Well, if you told me that John Wall is better than Kyle Lowry next year, I think, that wouldn't surprise me at all, and his ceiling is certainly higher than Lowry's. But at the same time, if you told me that Low- that John Wall fell off and was, you know, the 14th best point guard or 15th best point guard or missed some times with injuries, that also wouldn't surprise me. For him, I think he has a higher ceiling than Lowry, but a lower floor. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so too. And uh, and uh, you know, I was initially a little worried about Lowry's attitude going into the season with the whole Kawhi Demar thing, but I'm. But I'm, but but I'm I'm more hopeful now. I don't think that uh, Lowry's overdone it, and 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 I hope that Lowry realizes that right now this is probably his best chance to get to a finals uh, for the first time ever. So I think that uh, so I think that Lowry's going to be all in on this season, just like the Raptors are as well. Right, and I think as far as we're talking attitudes and things like that, I think Kyle Lowry to me, if you gave me the option of which one that 
who I'd rather have just from a mentality standpoint, I think it's Kyle Lowry just with the charges and the little things he does. I think John Wall has I he's a great passer and things like that, and I think sometimes you have guys like Colin Coward over over analyzing him off the court and things like that, but I don't think he's quite the bulldog Kyle Lowry is. No, yeah, that definitely isn't. Which is unfortunate because if he was, then it would be even uh, he, he he would definitely be a top point guard in the league. Right. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on here to shooting guard. Danny Green ranked 18th in hoops habit. Immediately above him was, or I'll do immediately below him. Sorry, was Kent Bazemore 21, Luka Doncic 20, Kentavious Caldwell Pope at 19. Immediately above him was Zach, Le- <clears throat> Zach Levine, Evan Fournier, and Andre Robertson. What, what's kind of your takeaway there? I think I think that that's a pretty uh, fair cluster for uh, Danny Green to be in at this point. I think that uh, you know those are a lot of players that are very are, are above uh, average complementary pieces to the the star players around them and i think uh i think you know the 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 big piece of the trade that we never talk that that never gets talked about enough with the toronto raptors is danny green and uh and and i think he was a great pickup for this team uh you know a good outside shooter and 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 a and and a good defender but uh you know just just the skill and, and and you know he's a little bit older but he also has a championship winning mentality as well so uh you know Ken Bays Kent Bazemore being that high on the list uh, maybe surprised me a little bit. Uh, you know, I've always been a little disappointed in Ken Bazemore's game. I think that, you know, he could be a, could be a little bit better as well. Um, but I think, uh, to be honest, I think that cluster is is quite fair. Yeah, I agree. I had for disagreements. I had I think Contavious Kentavious Caldwell Pope is a little better than him. I think that Luka Doncic I would rather have next season. I, and that's a total projection, obviously. That one is a way bigger question mark, but I just think that kid's going to be special. And I just love how many more things he does compared to Danny Green. And then lastly, on their list, and I obviously didn't list this out, I have Bogdan Bogdanovich is better than uh, Danny Green for next season, too. Yeah, I... Uh... That's a you, you know that's a good I think that's a good pick because I think that Bogdanovich is someone that necessarily doesn't get the attention that he normally should. I think that uh, he's a he he he's a he's he's almost ha- has that bulldog mentality as well when he when he defends and uh, I think that he's a really great piece as well. So yeah, I don't think there's any really big complaints and I think that that's a good cluster for Danny Green to be involved with. Yeah, I I think what kills kind of Danny Green is he just, and you know everybody wants 3 and D guys, so maybe I'm overblowing this to the thing, but just his limited versatility on offense, it's, I can almost, you can almost hide somebody that's not very relevant on offense, and it doesn't hurt you because Danny Green doesn't really do anything other than, you know, shoot open threes, and yes, he'll help you out defensively, but he's also someone you can hide guys on. Yeah, almost uh, almost the DeMar DeRozan situation. Yeah, 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 I would agree with that. Okay, uh, let's go on to, so for small forward, they have Kawhi Leonard, who probably the most boring person on this list. They have him ranked second overall for small forwards, 
uh, with the caveat they were projecting starting lineup, so LeBron James is a power forward. So obviously he's not on this list. Kevin Durant was number one small forward. Kawhi Leonard two. They had Paul George three. Are is you know is does anything jump off the page at you there? No, I mean I mean uh, Kevin Durant being being number one is is a pretty obvious at this point. I think uh, you know multiple time champion has proven now that he can win. Uh, is an all around player, one of those generational talents, without a doubt, a hundred percent. You know. I, it, I'm happy to see that uh, Kawhi is actually number two because on some other lists, especially like the Sports Illustrated lists, I know a lot of people were not happy or were not happy that Kawhi was out of the top ten. So to you know see that people people feel that he's there, I think Kawhi. Uh, you know, I think people. Are, it's amazing how quickly people forget, right? And just kind of how you were saying before with John Wall that. Oh, you know, he had one bad season. Now everybody thinks that, you know, he's below the the top tier when he really could be in the top tier. It's really the same thing, right? Like, I think some people think that there's just going to be this massive drop-off with Kawhi, and and he really can't do that for for any reason. He's going to come out and he's going to play to his his potential. And I think that he's actually going to be quite motivated. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested to hear his press conference on friday his introductory press conference to see his attitude towards the whole situation and uh and what the raptors do to kind of make it extra special because uh i think i think when completely motivated and engaged which is which is you know at times been a granted been a Kawhi leonard problem and uh, especially especially last season he 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 is he is an elite defender, right? And there aren't many elite top tier defenders in the NBA that are also have his, uh, his offensive talents and his ability to score. And I think, uh, this could be one of Kawhi's best seasons, uh, if he puts his mind to it. And, and I, and I'm starting to have a feeling as well. So to put him there above someone like Paul George, I think it, I, I think is fair as well. Right. I think for Kawhi, Everyone talks about, when we talk about Kawhi's motivation, how he needs to do that to make sure that he's receiving a contract in L.A. How about the fact that, you know, he's a basketball player, he's played basketball his whole life and hasn't played in 18 months. I'm sure at some level he just wants to play basketball again, and everybody's acting like he kind of quit on that San Antonio team. There's two people, there's kind of the theory that he quit on the team, and then there's a theory that, we don't know if he's going to be right coming back from injury. Well, one of only one of those things can be true. You can't kind of pick from both those lists. And I I just don't see how, and I saw Sports Illustrated top 100 half of my I just don't see how Paul George is higher than Kawhi Leonard at this point. Yeah, and I think, uh, you, you know, you never want to go into the conspiracy theories, but there's always the conspiracy theories that people overblow uh, the coverage of the Toronto Raptors to make, situations seem worse than they are and uh and i feel like there's a little bit of that i mean if i'm Kawhi leonard it doesn't matter who i got traded for uh you know i just want to play basketball again and i think i think you're right in that case as well and and uh yeah yeah i i I also can't see how paul george is better i think anybody would choose uh a motivated Kawhi leonard over over a motivated paul george right Right, yeah, that's that's my kind of opinion, is if you ask 30 teams, would you swap out Paul George for Kawhi Leonard this season, all 30 would say yes. With I mean, maybe the exception of the Warriors just would take 
whoever is more healthily more stable. But if we're talking, who would you rather have? Twenty nine of the thirty teams pick Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So let's go on to Serge. Who Serge Ibaka was ranked really high on this list. It really shocked me. Um, they have Serge Ibaka as a twelve best player. First of all. Uh, for the record, I think OG Ananobi is going to be a starting power forward, so I think he should have been ranked on this list rather than Serge. But with them listing Serge, I thought I'd just go against what they have. So for Serge Ibaka, they have immediately above him is at number 9, Dario Saric, number 10, Aaron Gordon, number 11, Harrison Barnes, and immediately below him is Nikola Mirotic, number 14, Derek Favors, and 15, Thaddeus Young. Uh, does anybody kind of jump off the screen there? <laughs> yeah, Serge Ibaka. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that I think that you know Serge Ibaka has never really fully been the player that I think we wanted him to be when we when we traded for him when we when when we made that trade. I, I remember I was actually on a I was actually on a cruise ship. When I saw that, or when they made that trade in their first game, and his first game was against the Boston Celtics, and I was watching it on a cruise ship in uh, uh, with some people from Boston right next to me, and they were so like just pissed because Ibaka had a great game that game, and he was fully motivated, and um, I think, and you know, his shot was hitting, he was playing fantastic defense, and obviously he was moving from a better situation from the Orlando Magic, but we see we, we see it in spurts with surge but then we see just just him not being able to find his shot or find a rhythm or uh, I, I find a lot of the time he struggles with getting his legs into his shot he uh, a lot of his shots come up short and and the, the you know the blocking is still there and the blocking is is nice but I would love to see a little bit more of an aggressive um, uh, surge Ibaka on, on with on you know rebounding and and doing some of those more little intangibles and i know he's a little bit old and um and, and that as well so i'm hoping so i'm hoping that with the growth of pascal siakam that they can manage his minutes a little bit more like uh like a uh, like a jonas valanciunas because then if we could get the solid production of Serge Ibaka every single night it would really help this team out and justify that ranking a little bit more Again, we're you know we've been talking about well he had a bad season, but he also kind of had a so-so season uh, before that as well. So, uh, would I take some of the players around uh, Ibaka? I probably would, uh, just at this point because I feel like some of those players fit a little bit better. But I think that Ibaka at full strength is is a big is a big power forward who who moves really well and and can hit shots. So. And uh, make a lot of things happen for him. So if, if the Raptors can find a way to manage his minutes, or again, you know, put, put him against some more bench lineups, that could really a help his confidence and b keep the narrative positive around him, which I think will uh, motivate him more and could just create a more winning culture overall. I, Serge Ibaka to me is someone that when he's on someone else's team, you talk about how good he is, and then when you watch him night in night out, you're like, oh, that's. So this is what he offers, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. It's really, if you told me, hey, this guy, you know, he moves pretty well on defense. He's really, he's a really, you know, above average shooter for his position. He attempted more than four threes per game last season. And 
I don't remember exactly where. I believe he ranked third in the Raptors in three-pointers last season. And he protects a rim. I would say, yeah, this is exactly who I want. And then as you watch him more and more, he just kind of disappoints you more and more. And I think he's someone, and he's much better than this player, but I think he's someone that if you watch the highlights, you're like, oh, wow, Serge Ibaka's really good. It reminds me of Jeff Green in a way. Like I said, I think he's much better than Jeff Green, but he's one of those players that in small spurts when watching him, he's really enjoyable and you think he's good. But as you watch him more and more, you just start to realize that a lot of what he offers, you know, in small packages isn't consistently there. Yeah, I remember, and I think I agree with that too. I remember running around the deck of that cruise ship, screaming that we got Serge Ibaka. I was so elated, and uh, and it's kind of been like a, a deflating balloon where my enthusiasm has become less and less. And I really hope that Ibaka can prove me wrong because I would love to, uh, I would love to see some of that classic OKC uh, Serge Ibaka come back. And uh, that might be a little bit of wishful thinking, but who knows? It could happen. So. I guess let me ask you, would you rather have Nikola Mirotic or would you rather have Serge Ibaka? I've been, you know, I've been really impressed with Mirotic and his last season, he was really good. So I think at this point I would, I think, I think I would choose Mirotic. Derek Favors or Serge Ibaka? Serge Ibaka, I would say. Yeah, a little more spacing. I'm with you there. Thaddeus Young or Serge Ibaka? Oh, Thaddeus, Thaddeus Young, I, I consider to be like Serge Ibaka. He's very streaky at times. So uh, uh, I, would, I would pick the devil I know, Serge Ibaka. Okay, so I picked, I took Ibaka over Miritich, but I certainly could see how you would get there. I think yeah. for us, Ibaka's defense is more than Miritich's. So, although Miritich's defense is better than you think, um, Quite frankly, just I think a lot of European players, we just assume they have bad defense until proven otherwise rather than giving them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but Thaddeus Young, I would take over Serge Ibaka. I think Thaddeus Young, is he does a few more things offensively that I think just he gives you a little more versatility in the things he does. He's not quite as good of a shooter, but at least he can put the ball on the floor and dribble a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think... I. And that's not to say I, I'm not like a, like against Thaddeus Song. I think he's you know big and, and and like you said can dribble a little bit better. But uh, you know at this point it's such it's such a wash. Would I maybe want Thaddeus Young's contract over Serge Ibaka's? Then yeah, but yeah, it, 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 it's close. <laughs> and and I guess I'll go through them real quick. The guys at the top above him: Harrison Barnes, Aaron Gordon, Dario Saric. Would you take Ibaka any over over any of those guys? Uh. Sorry, Harrison Barnes, Dario Saric, or... Aaron Gordon's 10th. Aaron Gordon's a little undersized, but I but I actually really like Aaron Gordon. Um, uh, I would like to see Aaron Gordon on a better team, uh, just to see, because because I think that he could be such a complimentary piece and be such a... Uh, be such, you know, a positive influence on, on winning, and I think that he's somebody who, who wants to win, so... Uh, I would, you, you know, I would definitely take Aaron Gordon over as well. And uh, Harrison Barnes, I think, has also been caught in some situations where he hasn't, you know, I, I haven't seen the motivation there as much at times. And and, and I think a mo- I think a, a winning culture surrounding Harrison Barnes actually brings out the best in him. So I would, I think I would take Harrison Barnes over Ibaka as well. Yeah, I'm with you. And 
for Aaron Gordon, I, I totally agree as far as, you know, he's always played in a place with terrible spacing, and for someone kind of who attacks the rim like him, I just would love to see him in a spaced environment where he can really kind of go at guys. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, his his just how he is able to attack the hoop would would really help the Raptors as well. And plus, the man can jump out of the gym, so so that's always good to have some a, a, another high flyer, somebody who can really get up there. And I think that he's an aggressive rebounder for his size because he's a little undersized for a, for a power forward, but uh, he makes it work. Yeah, and he, and you know he's a pretty good switch player too. So if yeah. you're able to pair him with a center who can switch and. It's obviously easier to find power forwards who can switch than centers, but if you're able to pair him with a guy who can switch, then you can switch kind of one through five. I'd love to see, and it will never happen, Aaron Gordon in this situation kind of like in Houston, where I think he'd be kind of the perfect guy there. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah, that, he would be a great fit in Houston. He would be a great fit. Uh, it, to be honest, if they didn't have Al Horford, I think he'd be a great fit in Boston as well. Uh, oh, yeah, I think- that's true. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and uh, yeah, I think you know he he could help out a lot of teams. So whenever he is available for free agency, I would expect him to bolt the magic and go somewhere a little bit better. One one other guy at at number nineteen, they had Trevor Ariza, which mm-hmm. which I think is kind of I, I just don't get it. I I would much rather have Trevor Ariza, I believe, than Serge Ibaka. What do you think? Oh yeah, me too. I actually think that that's a little low for Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza really impressed me last season. I think that he is a he, he's always been a shooting threat, and he's somebody who's who's once coming to the NBA. I feel that he had a season or two where he was a little bit subpar, but has really bounced back and really uh, got uh, fixed fix those things and plays really good defense and, and really spaces the floor well and, and does a lot of those little things that really helps a team win. So I would definitely have Trevor Ariza. Awesome. Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. The 19 ranking really kind of shocked me, and I guess maybe he's more of a small forward, you would say, but at this point in time in the way we play now, I think he's as much a power forward as a small forward. Yeah, definitely. So the next, obviously, last guy is JB. Hoops have it, has him ranked 15th, which if you just told me, hey, JV's a 15th ranked center in the NBA. I would, have, I would have probably agreed with you. But as we go through the list, I think that he's actually underranked here. So I'm going to start with the people who are immediately below him, and that's at number 18 is Aaron Baines, number 17 DeAndre Ayton, number 16 Hassan Whiteside. I, I guess, do you think any of those guys are better than JV? Uh, I I just certainly don't think so. Um, I, you know, in the JV versus Whiteside argument, I think JV has proven several times that 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 he plays in, in one-on-one that he's won a lot of those matchups against Hassan Whiteside. I think uh, JV plays j- just does more of those little things, right? He has a little bit better of a basketball mind, and uh, well, you know, a lot better of a basketball mind. <laughs> a lot better of a basketball mind. Uh, you know, I think Whiteside. To be honest with you, I when, sometimes when I see Whiteside play, I think he doesn't even use his size to his advantage. So, so yeah, for sure. And then uh, DeAndre Dayton as well. I think uh, you know, I. I actually, when you said when you told me the fifteenth ranking, I was actually a little shocked. I would have actually placed JV maybe twelve to the ten, twelve to ten range, uh, just because you know JV is a little slow and and sometimes does get caught in his feet and and is a below average uh, uh, pick and roll defender. I, a lot of teams exposed the Raptors last season with his pick and roll defense, so uh, that's probably where I would place JV, but certainly not fifteenth or clustered in with some of those people. 
Yeah, so I, DeAndre Ayton, I, there's a chance that he's better than JV. I just think it's pretty low. So, I mean, maybe he comes in as rookie season is great right away, but I think he's going to really struggle on defense, particularly with help, help defense at the next level. You know, those reads are just – those are hard reads to make, especially for a first guy and for a first guy who struggled while in Arizona. So I think that's him. And, and Aaron Baines, I mean, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. granted, they have him ranked below him, but – I don't think he's in the same stratosphere as JV. No, definitely not. I think, uh, you know, Aaron ba- Aaron Baines is perfect in the role that he's in now as the backup center on a really good team. And, and I think he fulfills that role really well. But JV certainly, you know, I think the thing that's impressed me the most about JV is that his he's worked to ensure that he didn't uh, uh, get played out of the NBA. And I think he's certainly done that and done that really well. So, uh, yeah, to, like I said before, 12 to 10 range, I think, is the area where uh, I, want, I, I would see JV. So the people immediately above him, I'll ask you, Dwight Howard, who are you taking, JV or Dwight Howard? Uh, I'm definitely taking JV. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, this one, this is the one that really threw me off. Dwight Howard, he got traded straight up for a Plumley. Like, yeah. well, let's call it what it is. He got traded from Osgolf in a second rounder, which was more about the financial considerations than the player. I think at this point, I don't know why we consider Dwight Howard to be good. I guess he gets raw statistics, but at least I don't have to waste a couple possessions a game throwing a post pass into JB to watch him throw up a hook shot. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, when Dwight Howard came into the NBA, that bruiser sort of mentality to the uh, to the game was still around long enough that he didn't need to improve. But that's almost like a name recognition uh, uh, ranking more so than a an actual ranking because he's so limited defensively. And uh, you know, he's still a big body, can still can still block and get some rebounds. But at this point, I think uh, he's. He's aging faster than he's aging in actual real life in terms of his longevity in the NBA. Well, yeah, and you know he's he's a, he moves a little bit better than JV, but I'm not sure he's any better of a pick and roll defender than JV at this point. So he's a lot smaller than JV, and I just I I don't get the Dwight Howard ranking. It really threw me off when he was ahead of JV on this list. But I'll move on. Miles Turner. What do you think about him compared to JV? So I would th- I would take Miles Turner over JV, and the reason why is Miles Turner, I think, is one of those players that's just going to continue to break out. He he can space the floor and shoot, and I think that he he is a ferocious uh, uh, offense and offensive and defensive player. I think that the way he he moves and the way he defends is is very valuable, and I think that. Uh, if I had, if I saw Miles Turner on our starting lineup along with the the rest of the guys, I would be even more excited because there's a versatile, large uh, uh, center who can who can really do a lot on both ends of the floor. So I would definitely take Miles Turner. Right, that I totally I was this was the one guy that I also stuck with above JB because I'm with you. I think Turner just he's more athletic. He does more things defensively than JB can do. He's not quite as good of a rebounder, but I think he's young enough that if we're projecting this towards next year, I would take Turner over JV. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. And then, so the next person is number 12, Yusuf Nurkic. 
and I, I think I'd rather have JV. What do you think? Ooh, I think I would actually rather take Nurkic. And, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and and I really, I, I'm really high on Nurkic. I think that he is somebody who also, again, you know, has has longevity and the and the skills and the the ability to shoot the shoot and space the floor. That's really that is really such a positive. And um, and, and he's above average defender as well and rebounder. And I for me for me I see a lot of value in Nurkic in in that in that you don't necessarily have to build around him or set plays for him. He can find his own a little bit more as well, which I think is very valuable uh, in the game today. So 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 I would take Nurkic. I have JV just because I think JV's three-point shooting spaces him, it brings him ahead of Nurkic. So I think mm-hmm. the added element he gives you on offense helps you out there. And Nurkic is a is a hair better defender, but I think it's kind of balancing how much do you value what JV does from behind the three-point line on offense. Right, right. And then another one I have is I kind of thought threw me off here was Marcus Hall at ten. He's someone, if we project to next year, who would you rather have for one season, Gasol or JV? Ooh, you know, I would rather have JV. And um, I think I think Marc Gasol has slowed down quite a bit. Uh, and, that's what's, and that's what's holding back his value for me. I think that uh, JV just being significantly younger uh, really, you know, just helps him because Marc Gasol might be more skilled Overall, and a JV, and, or sorry, and a Marcus All at the same age as JV, I would definitely be picking Marcus All. But uh, at this point in their careers, I just think that Marcus All is just slowing down just that hair that's taken that uh, that that elite edge off off of him and puts him below JV. Yeah, this was another guy that I had, so I'm with you. I think in a way, JV's game kind of reminds me of a poor man's Marcus All in his prime. Mm-hmm. Marcus All, it's kind of funny. Yeah, he got slower, but I think part of it is just the game changing around him. He went from an all-defensive candidate to a guy who's a liability out there on the floor, and it just shows you how fast the game changes. And 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 just how fast the these guys are developing, and how quickly they're becoming uh, more and more. Uh, or how or how quickly you can play yourself out just based on age, right? Right. So. Yeah. Okay. I think that gets us through all five guys, and I think that pretty much wraps it up. Matt, thank you for coming on. Yeah. No problem. Talk to you soon.